Al Melchior wants to brag today, and he also wants to show a little humility. So we're going to help him out. Big day for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go the full spectrum. You're You'll the see. star of the show today, Al. I don't know about, well, when I get to the humility part, I'm not going to be uh, <laughs> too much of a star. That's true. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Social Media Thursday, August 18th. Fantasy Baseball Today. I'm Adam Azer, here with Al Melchior, star of the show, and Scott White, the co-star. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com is our email address. You know it by now. And put podcast in the subject line. We'll read your question on the air. At CBS Fantasy BB on Twitter, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Let's get into the show, guys. So uh, we're, we're approaching the end of week 20 here. And Kurt Suzuki's making some noise. He is first and three up. Two home runs for Kurt Suzuki on Wednesday for this month, and he's only owned in 62% of leagues. Welcome to the show, Kurt Suzuki. It's been a while since you've it, been uh, this good. Yeah, it has been a while. You look at his season numbers, and, and they don't look good. Uh, his OPS is below 700 still. Uh, this, But but you look at the week-by-week breakdown and, and head-to-head leagues, he's usually over 10 points. So I, it's hard to get excited about Kurt Suzuki, even with four home runs in August or whatever. But at the same time... You could still do a lot worse than him. Well, you know what's great about Kurt Suzuki? He plays and plays yeah, and plays. That's why he gets all those fantasy points. Exactly. It's a Kurt good point. Kurt Suzuki or Chris Iannetta? I would put them about in the same category because Iannetta is a guy I can't trust to start every week. His home road splits and lefty-righty splits are as ridiculous as they can get. So when they're in his favor, then absolutely you should start him. But when they're not then maybe somebody like Suzuki is someone you exchange with him. Platoon with him, I guess is the word. All right. We can platoon those two. Jose Tabata is three up number two. So he homered on Wednesday. He's only owned in 55% of leagues. And high hopes for him coming into this season. Spends a lot of time in the DL. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about those outfielders that are being added right now. Owned in about half or more than slightly more than half of our leagues. Guys like Maven, Soriano. I'll throw a guy like Aubrey Huff in there. What do you think about Tabata right now? Well, I like Tabata better than pretty much any of the guys that you mentioned um, because, let's see, yeah, I mean, maybe it's sort of an interesting comparison because both will help you with steals, but Tabata has shown both in the minors and in his rookie season that he could be a threat to hit 300. And I, I just don't see that with Maven. So is is uh, the home run a good thing though for Tabata? Is is this reason to get excited? Because that was his problem at the beginning of the year. He wanted more of those, and it messed him up. Yeah, Willie Mays. So, Hayes. Maybe he learned yeah. his learned his lesson. Maybe, maybe he accidentally hit this one, which <laughs> you know that would nice. be a good thing. Like Billy yeah. Butler accidentally hit a home run last night. Um, well, the umpire gave him a home run. So uh, <laughs> so Tabata, you like better than Soriano and Aubrey Huff? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Angel Pagan is getting hot, and to brag about himself, here's, <laughs> which is very rare for Al. Here's Al Melchior. Well, and I'm just doing this to soften the blow for, for what I'm going to talk about later because okay. it's not very flattering. But three weeks ago in the Lucky Unlucky column, I did write that there's probably no other hitter besides Pagan is poised to rebound from a subpar BABIP. And uh, so I saw the, him surging in, in the batting average, and that's exactly what has happened, and that's also given him more stolen base attempts, which has allowed him to steal six bags uh, in, in just the month of August. So I, oh, so yeah. The August that, numbers are great, Al. Yeah. 333, so, 365, 500. 
uh, and six steals and seven attempts. Yeah, so at that time I said buy low on this guy, and I think you can still do that. He's still available in about a quarter of our leagues, benched in some of those, maybe able to uh, swing a trade with somebody who's not using him. So I think for now he may still be a good buy low guy before people uh, see that he's, he's on the rise. Tabata or Pagan? That's that's a good one because I th- I think they're very very close. I'd give a slight edge to Pagan. Yeah, I like Pagan too. I, I think he was a top twenty five outfielder last year, and yeah. there's there's no reason to think he can't perform that way over the rest of the season. Three down, three players trending the wrong way, and this one's kind of kind of unfair because Mark Deshera is still hitting a lot of home <laughs> runs. But I I don't know. I think we expected the batting average to be even better. He's hitting 254 after the All-Star break, which is actually a little bit better than the 244 before the break. But his slugging percentage is down from 519 to 455 since the break. You're not going to bench Teixeira, but what do you guys think about him? Yeah, like you said, I I don't think you can really be disappointed in Teixeira because he's still an elite first baseman. He's still right up there with the other elite first baseman. But Something has happened to him since he joined the Yankees. I don't know if it's his, his, uh, he adjusted his swing to hit more homers there, or maybe not adjusted, but more like it messed him up because he was trying to hit more homers there. And, and you look at the road splits this year, sitting only 241 with the 784 OPS on the road. So I would guess that probably is the problem. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll look at some tape this off season. Um, get back to where he was because there, there's no reason to share a should not be a 300 hitter 330 right. homer that that's who he should be dustin ackley is three down number two do you guys have any fears about ackley potentially hitting a wall hitting 241 homer list with five runs batted in in 15 august games yeah and that's uh covering 54 bats and in those 54 bats he struck out 16 times uh, so that's about twice the rate that he was striking out at prior to August. It's a little concerning, plus there hasn't been as much power lately. It's tough to weigh this really small sample with the compelling logic that here's a rookie who's having his first struggles, and you sort of expected that this might happen. So I think we need to you know, wait another week or two to really see what's going on with him. But I, I'd be lying if I was saying I wasn't at least a little bit concerned with Ackley. Sticking with second baseman, three down number three is Aaron Hill. Any reason for Aaron Hill to be owned in 61% of leagues? When we've talked about all the good second base options that are out there, maybe Kipnis not so much anymore. Jamile Weeks could be out there. Deeper leagues, talking about Turner, Altuve, guys like that. Are they all better than Aaron Hill? No, they're not all better than Aaron Hill. I, I would still rank Kipnis as better than Aaron Hill. He's been out with a uh, minor injury, so yeah. I don't really think you can hold that against him. Jamile Weeks, he's shown he, he's he's hot right now. He tends to get hot at home. He he's shown he he can pretty much stay in your lineup uh, if you need him to. Aaron Hill is it, there, there's not really much reason to hold out hope for him anymore after what he went through last year and this year's been even worse. Batting average, you know, low two hundreds. Um, I'd say for this year, you can pretty much give up on him. Would you rather have, uh, well, no, this is an easy one. I was going to say Neil Walker or Aaron Hill, but it's Walker, a, Yeah, right? it's an easy yeah. one. Hill's not good. No. He's just not good. No, he's not. <laughs> the rotation, five pitchers to talk about. Oh, I might stun you with what I have to say about Bartolo Colon, but we'll get to that because Fausto Carmona is first in the rotation. And what are you shaking your head about? You won't stun me. Oh, okay, good. No, uh, <laughs> that's what I was saying. Well, we'll get to it. Okay. Oh, how, were you saying that? I was. I was saying he was the guy they needed to bump uh, from the rotation. So I wish I remembered. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, Fausto Carmona, 
from the highlights I saw, he looked pretty nasty on Wednesday. I didn't see the entire game, but his pitches were moving. One run in eight innings against the White Sox. Three walks, six strikeouts. He's got Seattle and Kansas City next week right now as scheduled in a two-start week and only owning 36% of leagues. Yeah, welcome back to Standard Mixed Leagues, Fausto Carmona. He should be in a lot of those leagues uh, for next week when he has those two starts. And when he came off the DL, first he had some good results, but when you looked at line drive rate and strikeouts and and, uh, the peripheral stats, didn't look like it was necessarily for real, but the the peripherals have caught up with the results. And uh, I think Carmona is now somebody that you can trust with two starts, especially two pretty good matchups in those starts. All right, Scott, I apologize for not remembering what you said about Bartolo Colon, but I, I think he's just be about done. Uh, yeah, his, shock out. His velocity is, is <laughs> nothing what, like what it was before he went on the DL. I didn't know that, so he's you're shocked. <gasps> and, and, that's hey, my, that's my shock. One through yeah. ten. Shock okay. face. Uh, that's your ten right there. Um, well, that's just my observation. I haven't read that, but I'm, I could almost guarantee that's the case. Five innings, five runs Wednesday, not pitching deep into games. Just looks like he's running out of gas. Yeah, and, and that no matter how hard he's throwing, that's not completely unexpected considering he's 38 years old and – I mean, just look at him. I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't have to state the obvious there. Less than six innings in six of his last eight starts, and it's not like they're particularly effective innings. He has a 491 ERA during that stretch. So you know, the Yankees have excess in their rotation, Burnett and uh, Garcia, uh, yeah, Nova Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. Phil Hughes was the other guy that rumored to be on the way out. Now, Sabathia has been struggling too. You never oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, I think the Yankees should consider Cologne among that group because you know maybe in, in short short stints he could still be an effective guy for them. But they've already gotten far more than they could have dreamed of getting from him. Fantasy owners the same thing. Uh, so I, I think even if you even if you don't cut him until he's actually out of the rotation, you should be prepared to. Uh, to not really want to use him the rest of the way. Yeah, I I disagree less strongly with Scott than with you, Adam, because I think there's a big difference between what Scott's saying and you saying he's done. I, well, I I think if I had to say, if I had to pick either he's done or he's not done, I'd pick he's done, You'd but pick, I, I'm not 100% confident that he's done being good. Yeah, but I'm, I'm more optimistic than, than both of you because, um, you know, Scott, you cited that ERA which is not a, a good one, but in his five most recent starts before Wednesday, he hadn't given up more than two runs in any of those starts. And but yes, it's like he, five innings, five or six innings. But you know, five not innings is six. enough to qualify. But five is enough to qualify yeah, for a win. And if you're but, only giving up two runs, it's not like he pitched five and a third innings and he was yanked out because he gave up four or five or six runs. I mean, it was all one run, two run games. Yeah, that, that's almost it, worse to me though because if he's pitching well and they still have to yank him out of 5 innings, when is he going to have a good start again? I mean that's that's not a good start. It's not a quality well, if he, start. Well, if he, if he gets it's not a quality start, but if he gets a win, that's a start yeah. you can use. And like I said, with you I think that's a minor quibble, but I think it's a that's a long long way from saying he's done and you need to, you know, yank him off of your your roster. I think if he were pitched for any other team, I'd be much closer to where Scott is, but pitching for the Yankees, I think he's going to pick up some wins. You know, I don't, I don't not think if he's... They, not if they yank him. He's not going to get wins. 
he'll, he'll get some wins. If he pitches <laughs> between five and six innings, it's not optimal. No, I mean, can get yank wins. him from the rotation. Oh, well, then it'll yeah. be very hard for him to get wins. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't see... I'll, but that, right, yeah. that, that's completely coming from my own brain and not anywhere else. So <laughs> no, and, nobody and I, should really believe I, it. I, I think I had said that I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they either gave him or Garcia, in this case be him, a skip in the rotation at the very least. Yeah, as they figured out their six-man rotation. Well, and here's the thing for next week with the doubleheader. They need all six guys anyway, so. Okay. Ricky Nolasco. Okay, Al. Uh, you're, done, <laughs> you're done being right. Let's go to you being wrong. Let's- Ricky Nolasco is third in the rotation. 11 runs in three innings yeah. Wednesday? Now remember how accurate I was with that Pagan uh, yes. prediction. As I read you what I wrote about Ricky Nolasco in the Week 20 <laughs> Pitching Planner, uh, given Nolasco's history as a fly ball pitcher, it's surprising to learn that his ERA in three career starts at Coors Field is just 1.64. He also draws the stug- uh, struggling Aaron Cook as his foe. So this is a good week uh, as picking him up could be much more profitable than it appears at first glance. So go out, get Ricky Nolasco in your lineup, and watch him give up 11 earned runs. <laughs> he had been really good before that, too. Yeah, he had been really good uh, since the, his last meltdown against the Padres, but this is what Ricky Nolasco does. I just didn't it's think the, this was his time to do it again. It's the Josh Colmenter category. We have the Kelly Johnson category. <laughs> we have the Josh Colmenter category. Nolasco, I think, is part of that group, which makes him scary to use any week. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, also a lot of upside. Yes. There is a lot of upside. Watch the matchups closely. Two start weeks. Um, definitely want him in there, but is he's hard to trust on an every week basis. What you guys think about Jair Jurgen? Six innings, five earned runs, one strikeout. Uh, he said he was rusty coming back from the DL. I, I can buy into that reasoning because he's a guy who relies so much on command and keeping the ball down in the zone that. Um, if he's rusty, uh, he he can he can't just blow it by people. He's going to get hit hard. So uh, I'm still, well, while I was never as high on Jurgens as I think the general population was, I still think he's a quality option for your fantasy team and should be starting for you just about every week. All right, and finally, Kyle Loesch. Is he uh, becoming more relevant? Two good starts in a row. He struck out seven Pirates over seven innings, gave up two runs on five hits. And he's owned in 79% of leagues, but started in less than half our leagues. Yeah, and still not even that relevant. Shouldn't be even that relevant. Those two starts, one came against the Rockies, not a course, mm-hmm. uh, where he could have given up 11 runs uh, in three innings. But <laughs> well, That's pretty hard to do. Uh, yeah, but at St. Louis, his good pitcher's park, his home park, um, where the Rockies are miserable uh, on the road, and then the most recent one at Pittsburgh uh, against a, a team that's not doing that well, and again, another very good pitcher's park. So um, before those two starts, Loesch was pretty miserable, and I think even with the two-start week coming up, uh, you can't really trust him outside of the deeper leagues. So not a ton of injury news today, but some very big names to update you on. First, Adrian Gonzalez. He's got a neck injury, and there are hints that it might be affecting his power. Not his average, but his power. You buying it? Not really, because I don't even feel like it's so much of a neck injury. He had a stiff neck that cost him like a a game, I think, if that, at the end of July, which was a while ago. Yeah. And uh, Terry Francona, it sounded, from reading the quote, it sounded like somebody... I don't know. It seems like kind of a stretch even. like He he drew that connection there, but it wasn't such a tight connection that he's like, 
his neck that that's it that has to be the reason it was just like i, I could see i could see that being a being a connection there you do a good frank Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh that's not true but I, I don't I don't know that that's the reason, and even if it is, I, I don't think it's anything fantasy owners should be alarmed about. Gonzalez, despite the lack of powers, he's hitting close to like 350 since the break, so he's he's still uh, he, he's still fine. I think his mechanics okay. are fine. He, he's fine. David Ortiz says he'll be out a week with uh, what was the ankle? He, foot? It's a foot foot injury. Bursitis, heel bursitis. Bursitis. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Steven Strasburg roughed up in his rehab start. Five runs could not get through two innings in a Class A outing. Uh, how alarmed should Strasburg owners be? I would not be alarmed by this one start. Um, rehab starts, I mean, the, the numbers don't always tell you all yeah. that much. Uh, he's going to go out at least a, a couple more times, and I mean, assuming that he doesn't uh, you know, just completely regress, we could very well see Strasburg the first week of September. Brian Wilson has inflammation in his elbow. Uh, he will miss a few days. Are you concerned this could end up on the uh, with a DL stint? Uh, I think there's that. Po- we still have the Brian Wilson without the oh, beard. What is up with this? Beard, Al- yeah. Al is, Who is that like guy? a three-year-old picture. We got to get um, the beard. We got to get the machine. We do. The I'm, I, I'm not fearing what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> but to uh, get giving me back to the elbow injury, I think any time that happens, there's a chance he could go on the DL. This doesn't sound like a big deal, though. Um, I, I, I'm not I'm not worried about replacing Wilson in, in the long term if I own him in fantasy. Michael Kadire, Kevin Euclid, Uh how concerned are you about those two guys going on the DL? Well, Euclid, I'm so concerned about it because Please he, don't tell me he already went on the DL. <laughs> oh. I, I haven't seen it official, but I've seen it that he, he will go on the DL okay. uh, today, Thursday. So... Um, I'd be concerned if I read By the that time too. people are listening to this, he's probably on the DL. And Kadir? Kadir, uh, MRI on Thursday, and we'll know more when that result comes back. So with or- with Euclid, uh, how long of a stint? Do we have any idea, any timetable? I don't think there is one this yet. This is a back injury with him at the worst possible time. Uh, we've talked a lot about third base options. And I, at first base, you know, pretty deep position if you're playing him there. Okay, Ryan Howard, final note. He says he's not concerned about his hand. His quote was, I'm cool, end quote. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, we didn't really care about that, though. We cared about the hand. So why didn't he comment on that? Oh, well. And just by saying that, I've shown that I'm not cool. So He meant like, yeah, the hand's fine, yeah, I'm cool. I, I gotcha. that's, that's not even a good quote from Ryan Howard because yeah. when he had, what was the, the injury a year ago? Uh, gosh, I can't remember now, but it was the one where he said that, uh, you know, these injuries kind of linger like the cranberries. Oh, did he really say he that? He really said that. Now, that is a great, great Ryan Howard quote. Okay, <laughs> moving on. More from around baseball. Then we're going to get to tweets and Facebook questions and emails later on in the show. Oh, and the quick pitch, by the way. Guys, I guess I'm like the biggest supporter of Johnny Cueto. He's, his ZRA is still under two. Every box score is awesome except for the one time when he was sick. Chicken few wings. Starts ago, the chicken wings. <laughs> Buy or sell Johnny Cueto? I, I don't. I don't buy the ERA under two. I buy that he's improved this year. I buy that he should be starting for you every week. And uh, I, I feel like if, if I'm willing to say that about him, that's all you need to know because it's not like you're benching him. I'm but I don't think he's to, an ace. I'm going to go back to the old, uh, the old question from a few weeks ago. Okay, Cueto or Romero? Romero. And I think that's probably what I said a couple it weeks was. ago, you both too. said Romero. Yeah. I, I'd still say Romero, too. They're in, they're in the same tier, though. 
I'll yeah. say, which I, I think Jair Jurgens is probably in that tier too. So uh, those three guys are, are lumped together for me. Justin Morneau, since coming off the DL, two hits on Wednesday, but five hits in five games and two doubles. So he's started in less than half our leagues, but I think this has got to give some owners confidence here. Yeah, if I had him and I had him stashed this week, uh, I would look on this favorably and probably start him next week. Jose Lopez, homer for the Marlins, Al. Any value? Nah. Okay. Still think batting under 200. Tony Gwynn, uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., getting more at-bats, homered yesterday, four steals in four games. He's only owned in 4% of leagues. Does that matter? I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah, he's still not playing all that regularly. Um, Maybe in deeper rotisserie leagues if he needs steals help, but uh, so that that was probably the case. And I I guess four is a little lower than I would expect, but still 14 might be higher than I expect. (laughs) If you need steals... Tony Gwynn Jr. or Niger Morgan? Niger Morgan does not steal bases ever. No, he has six (laughs) all year and like 250 at-bats. So I think if that's your only objective, then certainly Gwynn is the way to go. Yeah, if you are a fantasy owner and Niger Morgan is on your team because you want steals, uh, you got to realize it now. He just doesn't even attempt. Okay, four hits, two home runs for Alan Craig. Does that matter? I don't think it does because I don't really see where he's going to find regular playing time in that lineup, which is a shame because the power for him is legitimate. Could Wilson Valdez be a decent replacement at third base for Polanco? He will. Wilson Valdez wouldn't be a decent replacement for Wes Helms. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. so Placido okay. Polanco is out of the question. Question. Uh, I just meant if you own Polanco no. and you were looking. Yeah, okay. I, I don't even know that he – they usually go with Michael Martinez when yeah. Polanco's out, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Michael Martinez Valdez, hurt? I Valdez played yesterday. I don't, oh, okay. I don't think Martinez is hurt, but I think Valdez. No, not not that Martinez is so hot either, but yeah, I think, no, they have a. They use both of those guys. Hole. Yeah. Um, are they worse? Who is the worst third baseman in baseball we were talking about yesterday? Josh Bell. Right. Was who we came up with? <laughs> yeah. Are they? Is uh, Wilson Valdez worse than Josh Bell? I would say he yeah. is. Oh, we forgot about him. Yeah. Okay. Ross Detweiler is owned in 4% of leagues. We're going deep, deep today. Did six <laughs> innings against the Reds, allowed one run, struck out seven. Actually, he hasn't been terrible as a starter. It, it, he hasn't been great either, though. I, I mean, the same things going have been going on with Detweiler before. He goes five innings. He walks batters. This was his best start that I can remember. And, and it's really Detweiler's story is kind of interesting just how much the nationals hold on to he was a first round pick of theirs obviously he's done nothing in the years since i read somewhere that they weren't willing to include him in a trade for michael Bourne, which is how the braves ended up with Bourne. interesting but yeah they just really <laughs> like ross detweiler and they're not giving up on him and and if he has more starts like this then We'll see. But this is the organization that also <laughs> refused to trade uh, Steve Lambertozzi. Yeah. So to the Twins to get spanned. So they yeah. just don't want to trade anybody. I guess <laughs> is what it boils down to. And Bruce Chen, Al, has won three straight starts. He's only fifteen percent of leagues. Yeah, and he's he's good at home, uh, and he's been good in Kansas City the last couple of years. This year, three point six three ERA, and two of those three straight uh, wins have been at Kaufman. So not not too shocking. What day of the week is it? Today's Thursday, and that means it's social, social media, media Thursday. Thursday. Woo! All right. Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. And Twitter is at CBS Fantasy BB. 
at CBS Fantasy FB if you want to follow our football tweets and CBS Fantasy News. We give you everything. First question from Facebook is from Dan Drake. Drop Nolasco and pick up Strasburg? Well, I think you, you can do that um, because, again, not based on the performance of Colorado, but just that I think Nolasco is borderline enough that if you need a space to pick up Strasburg, he's a, an expendable guy. Wayne Vermeulen, trying to stack up starts for the playoffs. Better pick up for two starts, Harden, Cahill, or Kuroda? I'm going to stick with Trevor Cahill because I, I really don't think he's been as bad as his numbers look like a couple of really awful starts in there skew them. Uh, Kuroda's pretty good, too. I, I would say those two are well ahead of Rich Harden, who hasn't been consistent at all. I would go Kuroda. I would go Kuroda, Cahill, Harden. Pretty much sep- some separation among all three guys. Ryan Evan. Congratulations. Most first names of all the Facebookers today. Pineda is killing me since I've had him, says Ryan. At home and on the road, I need to save my ERA and whip. Should I drop him and stream Lubke, Harden, Hoshaver, 13-team, 11-by-11 Roto League? I don't know that if you're going to include Harden and Hoshaver in the group, like how are they better than Michael Pineda, even the recent version of Michael Pineda? Lubke, I can understand. He's been awesome. but Drop Pineda for Lubke? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be. Well, okay, hang on a second. Oh, you know what? I, I feel like he has Lukey on his team already. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I would rather have Pineda than Harden and Ho Shaver, and I think I'd still rather have him than Lukey, but it, that one's close. Yeah, and there's less of an innings concern with Lukey. So yeah. if you if you had to choose between the two, that could break the tie. But I, I agree with you, Scott. Will Matthews on Twitter. Twitter at CBS Fantasy BB. Is Greg Dobbs a good replacement for third base? I have Beltre and Headley on the DL. Better options on waivers from Will in the UK. Well, Wilson Valdez would not be a good replacement for Greg Dobbs. No, we've determined that, but Greg Dobbs is not really so hot himself. I mean, Jose Lopez, uh, well, actually, Lopez started at second. This answer is all over the place. I don't think Dobbs is good enough to start for a mixed league team, and that's what no. it boils down to. He's not. Let's go back to the the guy you raised a couple of days ago, uh, David Free, still available in about half of our leagues. So, I would look for him long before Dobbs. And Lucas Bell says, "Keep which three: Miguel Cabrera, Gabby Sanchez, Emilio Bonifacio, Jeff Neiman, Neftali Feliz. I'm leading in steals, home runs, RBIs. Don't really need pitching. So keep three. Miguel Cabrera, Gabby Sanchez, Emilio Bonifacio, Jeff Neiman, Neftali Feliz. Well, I'm a little confused here because he says he's leading in steals. I don't know if it's a narrow lead that he's trying to pad because in that case, Bonifacio would be would be a no-brainer. So, and, and Miguel Cabrera's a, a no-brainer. Or, well, that's got to be Melky. Yeah, That's got to be Melky. Melky Cabrera. And I would keep Melky. Ah, it doesn't really need pitching. Well, let's go Melky, Bonifacio. I mean, if he doesn't need pitching, then Gabby's the, the third guy. But putting... Let's, let's take that out of the but equation. But let's take that out of the equation and we go Melky, Bonifacio, and Phillies. I agree. Then it's time to quick pitch one player in each league to keep an eye on. And we start with Al Zayel player, who is Jerome Williams, an Angels pitcher, who's coming out of the bullpen. But right now he's only starting pitcher 
eligible. Right. And, you know, for those of you who've been kicking around fantasy or just kicking around uh, as a baseball fan for a while, don't adjust your your uh, web browser. This isn't uh, 2003. It is that Jerome Williams, who was a prospect uh, about 10 years ago. Same guy, uh, but it is uh, 2011, and he's back um, after being in Taiwan, kicking around the minor leagues for a long time. And the Angels did call him up, and not only did they call him up, and yes, right now he's in the bullpen, but unless they need him in long relief, uh, probably he's going to replace Tyler Chatwood in the Angels' rotation. And uh, Williams has been really, really solid in AAA this year, pitching in Salt Lake, which is a tough park to pitch in, uh, with a 3.91 ERA, pretty good for that ballpark, excellent control, and control is the thing that really sort of blew up for Williams back when he was a young pitcher. So he's, for now, no more than an AL-only option, but definitely somebody to pick up in those formats and, and keep an eye on him. You ever been to Salt Lake? Yes, I have. So is it true that the birds... They swoop down and they eat like the little shrimp that are in there, and then they get really thirsty and they drink the water, and it's so salty and they die. I did not see that. I'm pretty sure that's true. I think there's a lot of dead birds in Salt Lake. Now, is this in the Great Salt Lake? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I've been both to the lake itself and to Salt Lake City. I meant the actual. And place. in neither place did I see dead birds. <laughs> We're going to look it up. My parents I, were just there. This is what they told me. I saw a bison roundup. That so was you're cool. Calling them but... a li- liars? Yeah. No, I I'm don't. Just, well, you're skeptical of them, apparently. Uh, it's <laughs> no, I shouldn't be, but I wanted I wanted confirmation. You know, you got to check with another source. Yeah, okay. before you report something, you have two sources. Uh, Scott's AL players, Billy Butler, who had a bogus home run last night. He's owned in 97 percent of leagues, started in 89 percent. For the sake of this quick pitch, let's just say that home run was legitimate. And okay, yeah, let's just say that. At the All-Star break, Billy Butler had six home runs, and you're thinking, okay, here we go again. We think this guy's going to emerge as a power hitter, and he's still uh, not providing anything in that category. It already declined from 21 two years ago to 15 last year and looked like he was going to drop off some more. Since the All-Star break, counting that home run Tuesday night, he has nine home runs. He's already at the same number he hit last year. Um, Looks like he could get past that and maybe even set a new career high by passing 21 uh made an adjustment with kevin seitzer uh recently that helped him uh drive the ball better he was kind of rolling over it and uh you know this is a guy you drafted to be a starter on your team as the season went on you felt like you couldn't trust him there i I think down the stretch you probably can we've seen this from him before again an adjustment he made with seitzer in the second half Led to that 21 homer season. I think he hit uh, 13 of the 21 in the second half that year. So uh, I'd say if you own Butler, you should plan to put him in your lineup and leave him there. And Al's NL player is a guy that I originally made three down, but I took him out just for you, Al. Jason Worth, owned in 95% of leagues, started in 70%. Is that justified? It is justified, and he could be back in some more of those leagues and, and off the bench. So I'm going to take that three down and, and turn it uh, really? turn it in the what other do you like direction. About Jason Worth. What I like is uh, even though he has been cold lately, you know, last uh, week or so, last 30 days. If you back up that uh, calendar a little bit further, here's the slash line: two seventy six, three eighty two, 
Four ninety four. Last how Jason, many? Last thirty days. Okay. Um, so those are more like Jason Worth type of numbers. So you know he struggled a lot prior to that thirty day window, but um, you know a lot of people have been you know emailing and you know asking us in the chats. Um, you know, is this guy going to turn it around? Well, I think we're seeing some evidence uh, in the last month, right there, that uh, we're seeing the Jason Worth of old. Who would you rather start, Pagan or Worth? Worth. Interesting. By the way, just in case you're curious. Slash line is batting average, on-base, slugging. Scott's NL player, Brandon Belt. Scott, uh, what has happened since that two-home run game for Brandon Belt? Well, Brandon Belt has gone 0 for 9 with three strikeouts in three games. But the important note here is that he started all three of those games, all three of them in the outfield also. He was at first base Sunday, and uh, even though he had gotten some time in the outfield in the minors, Bruce Bochy seemed hesitant to use him there in the majors. Oh, three, three, three straight starts there. Now it seems like that is changing, and Bochy recognizes they need to get his bat in the lineup um, with them sinking in the standings, losing playoff positioning. It, it, you know, at least while Carlos Beltran is out, they they need Belt in there producing. So. Even though it hasn't been pretty so far, obviously this is a high upside guy. As long as he's cons- he's getting those consistent at-bats, I think he's going to come around eventually. And I think maybe finally he-, he might be ready to make a contribution in fantasy. I'm not saying I'm activating him yet, but he's definitely somebody to watch because if he heats up, it, it could last. And he's only owned in 30% of leagues, so keep an eye on Brandon Belt. And if he hits two home runs in a game, you probably want to bench him after that because he's going to go over nine. Now, <laughs> Richard in Highland, no, I'm just kidding. Richard in Highland, Michigan, is our first emailer. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. He really, I mean, puts a lot of pressure on us with his greeting, doesn't he? Dear Fantasy Gods, is he talking to somebody else? Maybe. Is that? <laughs> Did you hear the Nalasco bit? I'm in the playoffs. <laughs> I want a fifth pitcher option. Please rank these pitchers going forward. Matt Latos, Brandon Beachy. Jonathan Sanchez, Jeff Neiman, Jeff Karstens. Latos, Beachy, Sanchez, Neiman, Karstens. I'm ready. Beachy, Neiman, Latos, uh, Sanchez, Karstens. I might go Neiman. I might go Latos ahead of Neiman, Beachy, Latos, Neiman, Sanchez, Karstens. Is there any other options for waiver wire that might be in a non-active 10-team mixed league? Non-active? Does that mean he's the only one playing? Well, maybe it means a lot of people are out of it and they, hmm. you know, he's in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's always a good thing when you're in the playoffs. You're competing for, for free agents with much less, much uh, fewer people. I doubt there's a waiver option that's better for a fifth starter than Brandon Beachy. I think that's yeah. pr- pretty yeah. strong. Yeah, that is pretty strong. Chris in Los Angeles says, Fantasy first-rounders, Andre Ethier is killing me. I'm in a pretty shallow 10-team head-to-head points league. Uh, Let's see. There are some options available. Please help by ranking the following and tell me who you would drop Ethier for. So let's just start with, uh, would you drop Ethier for any of these guys? Edwin Encarnacion? No. No. Desmond Jennings? No. Josh Willingham? No. Cameron Mabin? No. Jason... Jason Pierre. Juan Pierre. <laughs> no. Jason Pierre Paul. No. Okay. Jesus Guzman. <laughs> no. No. Jason Kubel. No. no. So don't drop Ethier. No, you don't drop Ethier. Desmond Jennings is, is by far the highest yeah. of these guys, yeah. I think. But... I had to think about that one, I admit. Yeah. Jim in Merced, California. 
uh, who you know we got we got some nice compliments today from the from the listeners. So thanks. Jim said, "I listen to several podcasts, including ESPN and MLB. I have to, I have come to count on you guys for superior analysis on a regular basis. Great job. Thanks. That is our goal. We are uh, not here to necessarily you know put on a big show. We're here to help you with your fantasy team. But you know." We entertain from time to time. Dear Fantasy Fiddlers 3, says Jim, I have a couple of questions regarding my 12-team mixed pitching-weighted head-to-head league that allows eight keepers. First question, who is better as a keeper and for the rest of the year between Jason Kipnis and Ricky Weeks? Ricky Weeks. I only hesitate just because of the the lost time, but I, I, I still even so have to agree, Ricky Weeks. Yeah. I am planning on keeping Tulo, McCann, Cruz, Strasburg, Zimmerman, Beachy. But which two of the following would be the best keepers? Michael Morris, Jason Kipnis, Ricky Weeks, Jason Hayward, Sean Markham, Brian Wilson. Why is this guy so down on Ricky Weeks? I, you know, not that there's... Because he gets hurt all the time? He does I don't, I don't know that you can really hold the, the ankle injury against him, and he was healthy all of last that's year. I, I think that's pretty much past him. And, and well, looking at... You know, Tulo McCann Cruz, I understand, but Strasburg, beat Zimmerman, Beachy, and even Strasburg. I, I, I'm just not. If you already have an elite guy like Weeks, yeah. and, and you know, still relatively young, why would you keep perspective <laughs> perspective studs like that over him? It doesn't make sense. Zimmerman to me. with one N here. I, but just because he listed him among his pit, the, his pitchers, and because everybody seems to spell Jordan Zimmerman with two in with. One in, even though it's two. I'm thinking it's Jordan You're Zimmerman. You're thinking it's Jordan. All right. Because yeah. Ryan Zimmerman you'd keep, right? Yes. Yeah. But Jordan Zimmerman, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I probably would. Um, over Markham? No, not over Markham. And, and of the two guys, I've got Weeks and Markham. Is okay. uh, uh, Well, you know, I've got Brian Wilson. So. Yeah. I, I so you're right. You're right. Zimmerman's, Zimmerman's out of there then. Zimmerman, Beachy, and would you, would you kick out Strasburg for, for mm. Weeks, Markham, Wilson? No, I'd kick out Zimmerman. No, I, yeah, but here's we, the thing, guys. There's three the guys there. He doesn't. Right. He's keeping. He's keeping eight. two. Oh, so, oh. He, so he's listed okay. his six. Okay. Yeah. Now he gives you. So we're only six more. We're options. only kicking out one then. Right. We're keeping Weeks and Wilson as the two extra guys, uh-huh. and then we're kicking out Zimmerman so he can keep Markham. Okay. All right. That's what I'm doing. Now. So, right. so we like about this. We <laughs> like Beachy over Zimmerman. Yes. Jordan Zimmerman. Yes. Okay. Not over Ryan Zimmerman. No. Okay, so, <laughs> and if it was Ryan Zimmerman, disregard everything. Here's Matt who says, hey, Fantasy Yodas, Strasburg's return is getting closer and closer. I will be running into a problem. I can only roster five starters. He would be my sixth. Would you guys, who would you guys, oh, oh, no, I didn't uh, forget the names. Who would you guys drop, if any, to make room for Strasburg, Danks or Beachy? You know, I'm just thinking, I wasn't even listening to that question because if he meant Ryan Zimmerman, I just patronized the heck out of him, didn't I? And, and considering, no, no, I don't think so. Okay, it's not in your nature it, to patronize the heck out of people, Scott. Well, and he, 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 I don't know. He did spell it with one N, so I know yeah. that would be Ryan. Listen, you got to be nice to Jim. He listens to our two competitor podcasts, and he uh, still comes back. I know. To us. So I would say that's probably the best question we've gotten all year. Uh, we've spent like twenty minutes on I'll it, so I should hope so. Bit, but uh, uh, anyway, who would you drop for Steven Strasburg, if anyone? Danks or Beachy? All right, so it says nowhere here that this is a keeper league. I'm dropping neither. Yeah, me neither. Uh, if you have to choose <laughs> <laughs> Caesar in L.A., if you have to choose two between Brandon Beachy versus Arizona, Ian Kennedy at Atlanta, 
Roy Oswald at Washington, John Danks at Texas. Which would you choose? Ian Kennedy at, at Atlanta is easy. Mm-hmm. He's a must-start every week. My second choice, uh, I guess I'd go with Beachy for now, particularly since it's in Atlanta and not at Arizona. But I think Oswald at Washington could be good. I, I just haven't seen enough from Oswald since his injury. And Caesar says, your podcast is by far the best in CBS Sports, runs all over the football podcast. Whoa. Although both combined just classify as the best podcasts on iTunes. All right. Thank you. And I believe me, Caesar, immediately I showed that to Dave and Jamie. <laughs> and the competitive juices are flowing. Uh, and finally, on. this is uh, from Dan, who says he loves the podcast. You guys have helped me to second place. We're a little disappointed. We're hoping for first place. Maybe there's still time. 12-team head-to-head league holds are not a category. Which middle reliever do you think will be better for the rest of the season? Chris Sale, Aroldis Chapman, Johnny Venters. I'm looking to lower ERA and whip while getting a few extra strikeouts, possibly a save a week. Sale, Chapman, Venters. Well, if he wants to save a week, then save a week, then Sale, I think, is the, the obvious guy here. But in terms of all the categories, I, I think it's Venters hands down. Also, are Logan Morrison or Adam Dunn worth holding on to? Not a keeper league. All right, this is 12-team. Morrison, yes. Dunn, no. Dunn, yes, because we are done. So done in your, in your league now. But, yes, we're done here. And we'll be back on Sunday to tell you who to start and sit in Fantasy Week 21. Getting close to the end, guys. We're almost there. Almost. Three more weeks. Four more planners. It's been, <laughs> I can get through it. Four more Sundays that yeah. I have to work. Oh, God. Actually, it's like 4.5 because we're, oh, we're working on them. As, well, not as we speak. Five but. more Sundays. Well, I don't want to make it sound like I don't enjoy the show because I do. Of course. But I will enjoy the weekends. So that's it for today, and we'll be back on Sunday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's been a blast. Adam Azer, Al Melchior, Terry Francona. Producer is Jeremiah Thermidor. See you Sunday.